Hallelujah. It's a privilege to be here, uh, to be able to partake in uh, the service, to be back congregating again. Praise God. It's uh, um, something we, we long for, we missed. I'd like to uh, thank Pastor Finn for the opportunity to share God's word um, for all of those who are at home. Um, it's a privilege to be able to be able to speak. I am, my name is Marco Abar, by the way, praise God, and uh, I am a speaker here at uh, Hope Church, Long Island. Um, I'm accompanied by my wife, Glorabelle. I thank her for accompanying me. She's my support. She's my rock. Um, let us uh, begin with a word of prayer. Amen? Um, Lord, we give you glory, we give you honor, we give you praise. We magnify your name, we exalt thee, O God, Lord. I am privileged to be able to speak your word on this day, Lord. I know that you and you are God alone. There is no one like you, Lord, and I bless your name for this opportunity. I pray, Father God, that you would minister to everyone listening to this word, that you would minister to me first, O God, and that you would humble me and exalt your name, O God, as I bring this word forward. Lord, I pray that you prepare every heart, the minds of your children, all who are listening, Lord, to come forth, Lord, and to enter into the kingdom, Lord, to enter with peace, to enter with love, Lord, to enter understanding that you are a merciful God, Lord. I pray that you, as we prepare every heart, Lord, that you would open up, Lord, hallelujah, the people's hearts and minds, and we would receive your spirit in the name of Jesus, I pray. Amen. Um, I'd like to... A read um, from Joshua, I was given the opportunity to speak on Rahab, right? And we're talking about the heroes of faith. We're talking about heroes. And Rahab is one of the heroes that the Bible discusses and um, which it speaks to us about. Praise God. Um, I'd like to read from Joshua chapter 2. And I'm going to read verse 1. And then I'm going to read from verse 8 through 13. Amen. <clears throat> and the Bible, the Word of God reads, Then Joshua, son of Nun secretly sent two spies from Shittim, go, look over the land, he said, especially Jericho. So they went and entered the house of a prostitute named Rahab and stayed there. Before the spies laid down for the night, she went up on the roof and said to them, I know that the Lord has given you this land and that a great fear of you has fallen on us, so that all who live in this country are melting in fear because of you. We have heard how the Lord dried up the water of the Red Sea for you when you came out of Egypt, and what you did to Sihon and Og, the two kings of the Amorites east of the Jordan, whom you completely destroyed. When we heard of it, our hearts melted in fear, and everyone's courage failed because of you. For the Lord your God is God in heaven above and on earth below. Now then, please swear to me by the Lord that you will show kindness to my family because I have shown kindness to you. Give me a sure sign that you will spare the lives of my father and mother, my brothers and sisters, and all who belong to them, and that you will save us from death. This is the word of God. Praise God. I'd like to... Um, talk a little bit about God's purpose not being limited to your past, to my past, praise God. Uh, let me give you a little bit of background about um, Rahab. Um, in the book of Joshua, we're introduced to Rahab, who is a woman of faith, and we know that it, uh, Hebrews chapter 11 is the chapter of faith in the Bible. And in chapter 11, there's only two women mentioned 
in this chapter. Rahab is one of those two women. She is one of the only two women mentioned in the faith chapter of the Bible. Her amazing story portrays how God accepts a person no matter what his or her background is. Isn't God awesome? This amazing story tells us about God's mercy and about God's love, praise God. And what is happening in, in, in chapters 2 to 6 of Joshua is that we see that after 40 years of wandering in the wilderness, the nation of Israel is now ready to enter into the promised land. Finally, they are prepared to receive the promise. Finally, prepared to enter into the land with the milk and honey flow. The promise is about to become fruitful. But there's a great obstacle. And that great obstacle is the city of Jericho. With its great impenetrable walls, with its army, and this obstacle needed to be met. Joshua was now the leader of Israel. And so Joshua commands spies to enter into the land and to scout the land. He sends the spies, and where do these spies end up? They end up in the house of Rahab, the harlot. And in her house, she protected them. She kept them safe. Because the king found out that the spies were in her house. But when he sent for them, Rahab protected them. She kept them safe, and she sent them on their way to safety. Now, what Rahab did was that she made a decision. Rahab made a decision that would change the future. She made a decision that would change her future, the future of her family, the future of the nation of Israel. It would change the future forever because she decided, I'd rather trust in God than trust in the king. A future that, a decision that might have cost her her life. You see, Rahab's story illustrates that God's purpose is not limited to your past. God's purpose is not limited to my past. Rahab was a harlot, a prostitute, living in Jericho, a Canaanite city. But because of her faith, because she trusted God, God saved her from the total destruction of Jericho. And ultimately, she became part of God's plan for the lineage of Jesus. To be an intricate part of the lineage of Jesus. Our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Well, here's what Hebrews chapter 11, verse 31 says about Rahab's faith. It declares, by faith, the harlot Rahab did not perish with those who did not believe when she had received the spies with peace. Yes, Rahab was a woman with a shameful past. Rahab was a woman who had anguished because of her past. But let me ask you a question. Have you done anything shameful in your past? Have you ever done something in your past that you regret? What does your past tell you? Does it tell you that you were an angry person, a vindictive person, a vengeful person? Does it tell you that you were a liar? Does your past tell you that you were disqualified? Does your past scream out to you shame, condemnation, regret, disqualification? What does your past tell you? Well, let me tell you my, what my past tells me. Before I came to Christ, 
I had a very low self-esteem. And I thought that I was the exception to the rule. I thought that I could never be forgiven. I could never be accepted. I could never be qualified. But I started to understand after coming to Christ that what matters is his blood cleansing me. What matters is what he has done for me and not my past. Not what I had done in the past. And so I began to understand that his love surpasses all understanding. I began to understand that my past did not disqualify me of my future. That his love for me was so great that he would not only save me, that he would not only change my identity, but that he would also use me. And I give glory to God. I give praise to God because I am accepted. I don't know about you, but that makes me rejoice in the Lord. Amen? Praise God. So God's purpose is in spite of your past. Now, God selects people with a past to be part of his plans. That's how my God rolls. That's what he does. He selects people with a past to be part of his plans. And I, I want you to understand that I want to touch on some points, one of them being that God saves people with a past. Amen? And we see that in Rahab's story, God saves people with a past because Rahab made a decision. She'd rather fear the Lord than fear man. And so we look in the Bible, four women are mentioned in the genealogy of Jesus in Matthew. And guess what? Those four women are not Sarah, Rebecca, Leah, or Rachel. Instead, those four women are, praise God, Tamar, Rahab, Leah, Ruth, Bathsheba, Tamar, Rahab, Ruth, and Bathsheba. These are women with morally questionable backgrounds. So what is God saying to us here? Why is God utilizing women with morally questionable backgrounds to speak about the genealogy of Jesus in the book of Matthew? What God is saying to us here is that God is greater than our sins. In Romans chapter 5 and verse 20, the word of God says, Where sin abounds, his grace abounds much more. God is saying his grace is greater than our sins. Glory to God for his grace. Thank you, Lord, for your grace because even if the world has disqualified you, God qualifies us to receive his blessings. Even when you feel disqualified in society, God says, come in and enter into my rest. He says, come in and feel the peace of the Lord. What is God saying to us? His grace is greater. His love is greater. It is greater than our sins. He is the God of second chances. He is the God of many chances. These women's stories show us, praise God, that even when the troubles are of our own making, we're not disqualified. They're not neither final nor fatal. When we turn to him, he turns things around for our favor. He turns things around for his glory. God is an awesome God. He is a faithful God. Praise be the Lord forever. Now, Rahab made a decision. I'd rather fear God than fear the king. I'd rather fear God than fear the men of the city. She made a decision, praise God. And let me reiterate 
uh, what she had mentioned in verses 9 through 11. Some of the words she used touched my heart and lead me to understand what she was thinking. She stated, our hearts melted. Hallelujah. For the Lord, your God, she said, he is God in heaven above and on earth beneath. Many feared. Many of those men feared in the city of Jericho. But you see, Rahab took it one step further. She declared, she made a, a proclamation, she made a bold statement. You see, when things seem hopeless, she said, for the Lord your God, he is God in heaven above and earth below. What she's saying is a proclamation of faith, a faith statement. What she's saying is she's surrendering to God. Her fear transformed from fear to faith. She started to believe that there's something about this God that is different from the God's. Not God, but the gods of Jericho, from the gods of the Canaanite city. Something different than, 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 than the God of Baal. This God, he is the true God. She had heard how this God opened the Red Sea. She had heard how this God defeated the, the, the kings of the Amorites. She had heard about the glorious things that God had done. And so she went from an unbelieving Gentile to a believing Gentile. She acted upon her faith. Recognize that God is truly the only God. That he is the God of heaven and earth. What can keep us from being saved? Our sin? Our past? Our backgrounds? Our culture? Our customs? What can keep us from being saved? Well, 1 John chapter 1 and verse 19 says this. If we confess our sins, he is faithful and righteous to forgive us our sins, and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. Praise the Lord. Rahab made a bold claim and, and request. I know the Lord has given you this land, she said. She was saying that the city of Jericho was helpless and hopeless. But Rahab had one hope. She had the hope that she had declared the God of heaven and earth. She confessed and surrendered herself to God's mercy. Does your past make you feel like there's no hope? I know my past did. I thought I was hopeless. I thought there was no mercy for me. But 1 Peter chapter 1 and verse 3, the Bible says, Praise be to the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. In his great mercy, he has given us new birth into a living hope through the resurrection of Jesus Christ from the dead. You see, we serve a living God. We serve a God who is no longer in the cross. He paid the price at the cross, but the tomb is empty. He is living, hallelujah, and he gives us that hope that we shall live and rise again with him. Our past is the reason Jesus was born. That mess that we were in is the reason why Jesus was born. Those bad habits we were used to doing and those things that were evil is the reason why Jesus was born. But after God saves us, you know what he does? He transforms our identity. That's the second point I want to make. God changes our identity. Our past does not continue to be our present or future. God changes our past identity. He did it for Rahab. She went from a fallen woman to a chosen woman. Praise God. She went from being, praise God, a harlot to a mother. She went from being an unbelieving Gentile to a believing Gentile. 
She went from being a, 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 a bad girl to a bride, from a mess to a mother. Hallelujah. You know, when Scripture mentions Rahab, it almost always mentions her as Rahab the harlot, except in Matthew, in the genealogy of Jesus, she is mentioned Rahab the mother of Boaz. Now, what do I take out from this proclamation? Rahab the mother of Boaz means that she had an influence in the genealogy, that she had an influence in, Mo, in, in Boaz and the influence in that lineage. So what the Bible is telling us is that your past does not disqualify you from being an influence. So you can be an influence to your family. You can be an influence to your neighbor. You can be an influence to your coworkers. No matter what your past tells you, no matter how dark, how gloomy, how ugly your past may have been, God says you can be an influence. And that's what the Bible is telling us about Rahab. Because perhaps Rahab came from a, a, a place of deep brokenness. Maybe she came from a place of uh, childhood trauma. A place of pain and abuse that left her trapped by disrespect and shame. Maybe Rahab had been rejected and abandoned. And had to make difficult choices in her life. To meet the, gro the, the, the growing needs of her growling stomach. Day after day, night after night, choice after difficult choice, desperate. She had to live a life she did not intend to live. What, hap what whispers did Rahab hear? What did she hear every time she had to make a difficult choice? What words did she hear? Condemnation, shame, regret, worthlessness, disqualification. Too many mistakes. Too much regret. Too late for a change. No more chances. But the good news is that no choice we have ever made, no scars that we have ever inflicted, no drink that we have ever drank, no words that we have ever flung, no kind of misuse to our body can ever keep us from the saving grace of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. They cannot keep us from the Lord. No matter what you have done, because God changes our identity. When you identify with Christ, praise God, God gives you a new identity. 2 Corinthians chapter 5 and verse 17, the Bible says, Therefore, if anyone is in Christ, he is a new creation. The old has passed away. Behold, the new has come. And I rejoice in that word, behold, the new has come. When people cannot understand the change that you have made when you come to Jesus, behold, the new has come. When people can understand how you used to be someone else and now you are someone that shines, that is bright, someone that is loving and caring, behold, the new has come. Because instead of a sinner, you're now a Christian. Instead of lost you're now found. Instead of an enemy, you're now a friend. Instead of unrighteous, you're now righteous. Instead of sick, you're now healed, praise God. Instead of poor, we're now rich. Glory be to God in heaven above for changing our identity because often we are pressured to define ourselves by our jobs, 
by our, our education. We are pressured to define ourselves by our financial status. We are a pressure to define ourselves by our success in our grades, our appearance, or what people think about us. But glory to God above that our past does not limit us from being involved in his plans. Yes, he saves us. He changes our identity. But guess what God does? He involves us in his plans. Praise God. As Christians, we must always remember that God's mercy extends to all people. There's not a select few. Salvation is for everyone. And, and God sent his son that whosoever believes in him will not perish but have everlasting life. You know, sometimes we have a difficulty understanding how is it that God can take someone like Paul, the apostle, and someone who persecuted the church, who, someone who did evil against the children of God or those who are the faith, those of the way. How can somebody like Paul not only be saved, but that God can use him to, to be able to be a church builder? Someone who, who, who did many travels and changed the trajectory of the gospel and the church. Sometimes it's hard for us as human beings to understand the mercies of God. But if we can only think about our lives, our past, think of how God has forgiven us, how God has transformed us, how God has placed us in places to give his name glory and exalted. Think about those things. God has been a merciful God. But this should also tell us, Rahab's story also tells us about God's future plans. He was a Gentile woman that God used to preserve his people. And it represents the promise of God, that it extends salvation to people who are not Jewish, non-Israelites. In Acts chapter 2, verse 21, the Bible says, And everyone who calls on the name of the Lord will be saved. I wish you could say that with me. Everyone. There's opportunities for everyone. You see, because Rahab trusted God. Her faith made the difference. Her faith made the difference because when the walls of Jericho came tumbling down, God preserved her life and the life of her family. Sometimes we feel like the walls of our lives are tumbling down. The walls of our neighborhood, of our country, of our nation. Sometimes it feels like our financial status is tumbling down. Our health is tumbling down. Those walls may be tumbling down, but God says you are mine and you are protected. God says you are healed. And God says, praise God, you will come out of this. And those walls came tumbling down, but God kept his promise. How many of you know that God is a promise keeper? Amen. He's kept his promise in my life. And I know that I need to trust God. Because as Rahab was spared, thank God that even in a pandemic, we have been spared. Maybe affected, but spared. Here I am, Lord. Here I am. Your will be done. But guess what? That's not all. She ended up being part of Jesus' bloodline. Yes. Yes. A prostitute from the city of Jericho was used by God. And she became the great-great-grandmother of King David. God's plans sometimes don't. We cannot comprehend them. Amen? We have trouble comprehending God's plan. 
But guess what? Our past does not disqualify us from getting involved in service. Sometimes when we come to Christ, we have that, that misconception that God can't use me. No. You don't know what I've done. You don't know who I was. You don't know what I've been through. But God is the potter. And we are the clay that God is molding. And he wants to use everyone for his glory and honor. James chapter 2, verse 24 to 26, the Bible says, You see that a man is justified by works and not by faith alone. In the same way, was not Rahab the harlot also justified by works when she received the messengers and sent them out by another way? For just as the body without the spirit is dead, so also faith without works is dead. So God wants us to back up our faith with works. He wants to use us in his kingdom. And he does not want us to keep thinking about our past, believing that we have no choices and no chances. I believe that God can use people with the past as well. Well, 1 Corinthians chapter 1, verse 26, the Bible says, Brothers, think of what you were when you were called. Not many of you were wise by human standards. Not many were influential. Not many were of noble birth. But here we are. To God be the glory. As I make my last few statements, I'd like uh, to ask the worship team to start making their way up. Praise God. I pray that this word would be ministering to our hearts to understand that we're not disqualified. Our past cannot stop us from God's plans and our future. So I wonder what whispers might be keeping you from letting God use you mightily. What is the enemy telling you? Is he reminding you of what you did last year? Is he reminding you of what you did last month? Is he telling me, remember last week? Is he taunting us with saying you are disqualified? You have no chance. You have no hope. But I know that I serve a God who is my living hope. We're not disqualified. Our God has a purpose for people with a past. That's right. He has a purpose for people without a past. With a past, amen? God tells us, come just as you are. And guess what? You're not going to stay as you are. Hallelujah. You're not going to stay as you are. For We come as we are, but we change. There is transformation. God saves us. He changes our identity. Your past does not disqualify you from entering into the kingdom of heaven. Church, will you say, here I am, Lord, use me? Will we say that as a church? There's only one church in all of the world. It's the church of Jesus Christ. Will the church say, here I am, Lord, use me? When the Lord reminds us that we're not who we used to be, we're not a finished product yet, we're not there yet, but we are in a, a work in progress. God is working sanctification in us. But we are the children of God. We're not disqualified. We're not forgotten. We are forgiven. But we are the children of God. Prepare to do good works for his kingdom. So yes, we're part of God's purpose. Yes, we're not limited to his plans. Yes, we are forgiven. Yes, we are children of God. With 
salvation, a new identity, and part of the plan of God. Thank you, and may the Lord continue to bless you.